My Biggest Sales Enablement Mistake, a podcast by Eva Enable. Hey, everybody, welcome to another episode of My Biggest Sales Enablement Mistake podcast, where we share common mistakes and experiences from a variety of guests so others can learn from them. Today, I am joined by long-term veterans who has been in sales enablement longer than enablement has been in sales enablement, I think. Um, He's currently president of the Sales Enablement Society and host of Stories from the Trenches podcast alongside running his own consultancy firm. Paul Butterfield, we are honored to have you on our podcast today. Hey. Hey, Kate. Thank you. I've been looking forward to this. This will be fun. Yeah, I think it's a topic close to everybody's heart. And, and that's why I'm, I'm really excited to have you on. So I know that you're a big fan of coaching. I think everybody who knows you knows that you're a huge fan of coaching. And mm-hmm. I'd love to say that all coaching is equal, right? Coaching is great. It should be, you know, everybody embrace it. But I wonder if you have a different viewpoint. Am, am I right on that? Well, yes, from the standpoint that a coaching culture is is critical for organizational success never mind sales right i mean everyone even tiger woods needs a coach um but but it's easy it's one of those definitely easy to say hard to do it's it's not too difficult to get people to nod in agreement that having a coaching culture is something we really you know yeah that's something we really ought to do implementing it and having it stick around that's where it gets tricky so okay all right so so i think a lot of people think they like the notion of saying coaching yeah we embrace it we love coaching mm-hmm. but what mm-hmm. you're saying is having having the will to do it isn't mm-hmm. actually what makes it successful it's the will to do it and i think it's also prioritizing the time i mean i get it i i spent the bulk of my career selling and leading sales teams and i understand that the the, the time restrictions put on a sales leader especially however it is the coaching their salespeople is something that they really cannot outsource effectively. They can outsource some of it. Um, but yeah, so getting them to understand that and prioritize over the many other things they're doing is definitely part of it too. So how do you think that organizations can go about creating that environment where they can prioritize and and and, and the freedom, I guess, and the space to do that? What What are your observations that you've seen both good and bad on on how organizations can make sure they properly embrace coaching like almost anything else i can think of in the enablement world it starts with senior leadership if senior leadership value coaching if they set the expectation that we are going to be a you know a culture of continuous improvement and development and investing in our people coaching naturally needs to be a part of that that's a message that that needs to be pretty clearly delivered. Um, so that that's one element of success. The I, other one that I've seen, what's a where people haven't done well is not having a formal framework. Um, you know, trusting the sales leaders to sort for themselves what is coaching, and some of them will get it, some of them won't. Um, so that's first concern. Without a framework of what does great coaching look like. How do you teach them and how do they how do they hold themselves accountable, um, et cetera? So that's the other big thing I think we should talk about. Yeah, absolutely. I, I want to go back to that that sort of senior leadership piece again, because 
Um, mm -hmm. I, I couldn't agree more. We, we are sort of constantly talking here about people ask us, what is the secret source of a successful kind of coaching program? And there's lots mm -hmm. of it. You've identified, you know, key areas there. But I actually think that, that the real kind of secret source is that modeling of the behavior. You know, it's mm -hmm. not enough for a senior leadership, a chief revenue officer or, or, or otherwise to say, guys, I think you should be coaching. They need to mm -hmm. be coaching their VPs, their VPs need to be coaching their directors, their directors need to be coaching mm -hmm. the managers. And that flow down and modeling is, is brilliant, isn't it? If you get that. But I'm guessing that without some kind of framework, without some kind of structure in place, that's very difficult to achieve. Yes, in my experience, it is. It's, again, it's a combination of what does great coaching look like? Um, and so giving people that exemplar that they can that they can learn from and look to. Um, but it's also, do you have a way of tracking the coaching that's going on? And yes, to some degree, you want to track it to see that it that, that, that coaching is happening. But more and critically, if you're not tracking it, how are you measuring against your pre-coaching benchmarks? How do you know if the coaching is having an impact? Um, I know that's something near and dear to your heart as well. Um, yeah, but, but again, a framework really is necessary to do that or else how are you measuring? How are you, you know, you can't do it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And how about something, something I think that comes up a lot in, in terms of organizations that, that either have or have not or have struggled to embrace a coaching culture. I think mm -hmm. in, this, in the pace at which organizations have been growing over the last few years, particularly in the SaaS space, and I know that's changed recently, but the, the, the emergence of lots of new managers first-time yes. managers that haven't coached yes. before I, I mean i'm guessing it's it's important for them to have that that framework to to work to it is you know we, we're almost touching on a topic that you could do another whole podcast on and that is mm -hmm. revenue leadership enablement um yes but i will i will just say for now that that in my observation and i'm including myself in that bucket that the enablement for those leaders that you're describing often gets overlooked. And I think some of it isn't intentional. I think it's a team has a certain size limitation. They have certain bandwidth limitations and other things get prioritized over leadership enablement. But when we start talking about coaching, most leaders are not natural coaches and, and the framework, you've got change management, you've got enablement that needs to be going along with that framework. Um, but yeah, so, so, so it's a whole pack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I couldn't agree more. Talk, talk us through, because, you know, I'm, I'm, you've done this repeatedly in, in multiple organizations. Talk me mm -hmm. through that relationship between what, what sits in enablement responsibility from a coaching standpoint in, in the mm -hmm. framework and what sits within the sales leaders, you know, remit, um, understanding all of those moving parts that we've talked about. So the first thing that I like to get consensus on with the sales leadership team are what are the few things that really they and only they should be assessing and coaching on. I'll give you an example. In my world, my experience, um, as a sales leader, I would not have wanted a sales, had sales name that existed back then. It was just sales training and not, not the same at all. Um, but I would not have wanted them to come to me, for example, and tell me that my reps all had a street ready pitch or that their demo 
uh, is looking really good. As their leader, that's something I want to see. I want that coaching opportunity as they're as they're working on it. I want to know for myself that they've got it down and, and they're going to be effective. So that's just one example. But each organization is going to be different. Figure out what do the leadership need to coach and what other coaching can enablement take off their plates? Because the reality is, even with um, uh, senior leadership, senior executive sponsorship, even with the best of intentions, so much is asked of frontline and even middle sales leaders, um, coaching just gets deprioritized. And, and so it, it takes that constant reinforcement of why we're doing this, why it's important, and measuring to see that we're being successful. Yeah, and I'm guessing that having the framework in place and having that agreed and that consensus between all stakeholders means mm -hmm. that then there's clarity and transparency between what is enablement influencing and impacting mm -hmm. and what are sales leaders influencing and impacting through their coaching interactions. Yeah, no, I think I think that's I think that's really fair. And in some cases, in fact, I'm even going to say in an ideal scenario, the two are intertwined enough that maybe you can't measure them precisely versus what their leadership versus enablement because it is maybe more of a synchronized dance. Mm. But one way or another, yeah, you do need to be able to track success. I mean, it's like everything else we do in enablement. Um, it, it probably comes from the fact that I went from being a sales director on a Friday to a sales enablement director on a Monday. I mean, that was my journey 10 years <laughs> plus ago. Uh, but to me, you know, I'm sitting there and the first thing I'm thinking of as a newly minted enablement leader is what are all the horrible trainings that my team and or I have sat through? How do I avoid duplicating that on my watch? Um, and that enablement, really, my only role in enablement is to help those sellers generate more revenue. Only sellers generate it, let's be clear. Yeah. But to me, enablement has only ever existed to have that impact on it. And so going back to the coaching, to me, coaching is another element that if we put the process in place, we're measuring it. We will correct if we're not seeing the, um, you know, the results that we wanted. Um, but it, 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 that structure makes such a difference. And, and if you've got, and here's the really cool thing. When, when I started off doing coaching frameworks, everything was built in spreadsheets. Uh, it wasn't the 90s. I'm not that old, but I'm just saying there weren't, <laughs> there weren't enabled technology of, is available for, I mean, you know, such as E for Enable. That wasn't around when I was starting enablement. And so we had to find other ways to build these frameworks and measure them. Now, tech, um, the work still is, is going to get done on its own, but I love that we've got so many better ways to do it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm going to go back to something that you talked about um, around the, the sort of tracking coaching and things like that, mm -hmm. not just because you mentioned if enable, this is outside of this. How important is it in the context of a framework to get the, the kind of operating rhythm of coaching defined, to set expectation? Let me, let me expand on that a little bit. So mm -hmm. how often are you doing deal reviews how often are you having a forecast meeting how often are you having mm -hmm. a coaching meeting and what's the difference and that's there's a lot to unpack there Paul I know but yeah talk me through your thoughts on that I'm going to start with what I think is a little bit easier to define and that is the the pipeline meeting um forecast meeting funnel meeting in you know, different companies called different things however that is a very specific meeting and for most sales leaders, that time is going to be spent in reviewing late stage opportunities. Um, and also, if, for myself, when I'm you know leading a sales team, I want to see what's coming in the top of the funnel, right? So let's review your late stage. Let's see what's going on with your prospecting or your business development. I want to make sure that you're keeping your funnel um, 
right? Hopefully RevOps have provided me with some good funnel analysis. If not, you know, I need to do my own, but, but it's, it's using that time to make sure they're going to hit their number this quarter. They're setting themselves up for success in the next couple of quarters. And if you're doing that well, there's not a lot of other time to do coaching, right? During those meetings, during those sessions. It's really about what do you need from me as your leader to help get these opportunities progressing across the line, that sort of thing. Yeah. When I'm sitting down and having a one-on-one -on -one with someone from a, a, a professional development or coaching standpoint, some of what was brought up or came out of those pipeline reviews is likely going to you know, have an influence on what we talk about because I'm going to observe some behaviors in your pipeline that, that we should talk about. Mm -hmm. um, or maybe it's not behaviors, that's not the right word, but you know, are, you, are you getting the things done that you need to have a balanced pipe? But I'm also going to be and hopefully I've got some other tools to do this, but we're going to be talking about the quality of your customer interactions. We're going to be talking about how to improve uh, your discovery, or perhaps it's how do we, it depends on what I see in your pipeline. Are your things getting stuck after you have your initial discovery and then you seem to be struggling getting access to other key players, right? Um, so, so to me, that's the coaching is coming in, is identifying skill gaps, using the data we have, to hopefully get that, you know, accurately assessed um, and then providing the coaching. Maybe there's a little bit of training you need to do. Maybe there's some things I need to teach you that you don't know yet. Maybe it's just helping you uh, reinforce things we've talked about before. And of course, there are situations where we may have to have a more difficult conversation. If someone's performance isn't up yeah. to snuff, um, you know, if you're not providing proactive coaching, you're really doing a disservice to the individual employee and the organization as a whole, because uh, you're, you're not setting people up for that success. And, and with a sales rep, sometimes you can't coach them to success, but we need to be investing in them and giving it everything we can. Yeah. Um, and having yeah. a good framework and tracking that, right? So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even, even if, you, if you kind of look at grow as, a, as an overarching way of coaching, right? Goal, reality, mm -hmm. options, will. Mm -hmm. That reality mm -hmm. bit, it, it's really important to to get kind of deep into that because you're right if somebody isn't performing we can't skirt around it you have to be able to mm -hmm. be upfront about it it's the right thing for both of you so that you can look at what options are available rather than mm -hmm. it getting to that point of you know you're going on to a performance improvement plan and, and that's your way out of the business which is a whole again another whole different podcast topic by the way yeah yes yes but i think no, I, it, I agree yeah, yeah it's, it's that demarcation i think between um developing the person versus developing mm -hmm. the business and, and the things that person is doing. And I think that the coaching is about the person, right? And developing that person it to is. be the, 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 the best they can be. And, and that in and of itself impacts performance. I think that's, that's really important. It so does. You've touched on how busy, how hard it is to prioritize for, for sales leaders. Now we get asked this all the time, but I'm interested and I think it gets debated a lot. How often should sales leaders be having those true coaching sessions with their team? I think there's some variables that you'd have to add. I don't know if, there, I, don't know if I have a, a set answer for every organization. Mm -hmm. The other things I'd want to understand are how complex is your sale? How long is your sales cycle? In other words, if, if you've got longer sales cycles, um, and that's the norm, then your pipeline reviews are probably not going to be happening as frequently, and you can maybe fit in some more um, coaching sessions. So yeah. say, for example, some organizations I've been in, pipeline reviews are every other week. Well, then during the week that you're not doing that, 
that's where you'd want to slot in some coaching. I don't think that it's a one size fits all because you're going to have some of your uh, salespeople that are doing really well. Not that they don't need coaching, but it's a much lighter lift and the coaching time that you spend with them is not going to be as much as you would spend with someone who's perhaps in your B or C tier mm -hmm. and you're working on coaching them up a level. To me, that's one of the areas where enablement can really see impact to the revenue, especially in a SaaS model, if you think of it, because if I can get someone who's, like I say, performing in, in, in that B range, and I can even get mm -hmm. them elevated to where they're performing consistently with the A tier, um, that's that's a lot of revenue over the course yeah, of their career. Yeah, the uplift there yeah. is massive. So, yeah, so to me, it's reasonable that we would spend more coaching with those folks. So maybe they need a coaching session, you know, once a week. Um, so I'm not trying to be vague intentionally. It's just to me, there are other factors in there. Is your sale transactional? Is it you know, more of an enterprise play. Those are things I would want to understand before recommending, you know, to a to an organization the frequency. But I would say that it's got to be no less than two times a month. If you're waiting to do quarterly reviews or things like that, no one remembers. That's the problem, yeah, right? But then you're like... looking back and and there's not enough specifics in in everyone's your mind and the person you're coaching's mind to really be effective. So that'd be my last piece is they need to be you know frequent enough that things are current. Yeah, I agree. I agree, Paul. And I wasn't looking for a, a specific answer. There. I was looking exactly as you've outlined. The yeah. other dynamic I think that's in there is that their current situation, you know, I'd expect somebody that's on a fast track to a managerial position. I'd expect mm -hmm. the coaching to be to be ramped up during that. I'd expect coaching mm -hmm. to be ramped for new starters like SDRs are going to need more intensive development, more intensive coaching. We should be setting them up to succeed at that point. Somebody mm -hmm. that's, and, I, and I, I don't advocate that enterprise sellers or, or people that are super experienced don't need coaching. That's absolute wish-wash, not true whatsoever. But, but perhaps yeah. they need it less intensely, less frequently uh, than those right. people that are on a track to something um, and need yes. the support. Agreed. That, 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 that's brilliant. Now, so, so we talked a lot about, you know, the need for a framework. We talked about the, the kind of place for enablement and, and sales. We talked about the, the kind of cadence or the operating rhythm. What I suspect people who are listening to this are thinking, okay, I want to create that culture. I want to, to have coaching in our organization. I want people to embrace it. But I don't know where to start. So I'm in enablement. I don't know where to start. What What are some of your piece of advice, you know, that, that you can summarize for somebody that's just starting out on that journey? The The first thing would be to, and and, and it depends on where you're going to report. So for now, some report into, I, I'm a huge advocate that enablement report into senior sales leadership, whether that be a CRO, an SVP of sales, et cetera. But, mm -hmm. I, but the reality is not all do. Um, and so the, the the first step I would want to, that I would recommend is you need to go find out how are your executives viewing coaching, and is there a gap there um, that you need to help them see the value of coaching that you may even need to to kind of help build out. Look, this is what's going on within within the tiers of our sales org. Here's why you know here's the coaching that I we're proposing. A, you may have to educate them, or maybe it's not educate. You may have to get them um, to see a business case for making coaching a priority. That's worst case scenario. Best case scenario, it's something that they agree needs to be done, but it's just been overlooked previously. But either way, that's the first place to start. I need to understand how do my senior leaders look at coaching? Because it goes back to what we were saying in the beginning. If they don't see value in coaching, 
there's not much as enablement we can do. Yeah, it's to, an uphill battle to, there, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. coaching. Okay, true story. When I was at Vonage, we had a sales leader who'd been there for years, Kate, and he had a point of pride for him was he had never opened up Salesforce. That he oh. So, so, right. so nobody else is, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. So how often do you think his team <laughs> are, are going to Salesforce? And getting back to my, my point being, how effective is he probably as a coach? How do you, yeah. how do you run an organi- a modern sales organization without the kinds of data that, that come from? But uh, he was an anomaly. I've never run anybody else since that, that was so proud of that. But, yeah, modeling um, behavior uh, is so, so yeah, important. So that's, where, that's where I would start. Then, then assuming we've got good executive sponsorship, the next thing I'd want to assess or that I recommend somebody assess is what ways do we have in place? How are we measuring outcomes now? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and do we have a, a way, again, if we've got tech to do it, amazing. If we've had to figure out how to use um, something like strategy mapping, balance scorecarding, which can be done inside a spreadsheet or smart sheets. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, however we're doing it, we need to make sure that we've got um, we, we, we've, we've got that set up so that when we go and start creating this coaching framework, we can give people objectives. Um, I'm sorry, I meant to skip set. And then look at our data. Let's do a gap analysis, look at our data and figure out where are the biggest coaching needs. And this is if I'm starting from scratch. So I've got executive sponsorship. I'm now going to um, do my own analysis, perhaps with RevOps, perhaps with sales leadership. Again, size of the organization is going to dictate that, but I need to come up with my gap analysis and what would a coaching plan look like, right? So that that we're not leaving it to the individual sales leaders to sort for themselves what 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 what, what coaching program should be. Yeah. So to me, getting fun. those things in place um, have to happen before you really can even start to roll out that coaching training for your yeah. teams. Uh, absolutely essential, and I love that, that that you start with that exec level buy, and that that's that's really key. I've got so much from from today's. Um, discussion and and I feel like we need another session, Paul, because there were so many things where we said, "Look, we need we need there's a whole other podcast that we could keep yeah. going." <laughs> um, I just want to summarize for for the people listening in. Um, that I, I wrote down five things that came up again and again and again that I just want to go back mm-hmm. over that I got from this. Uh, number one, and and I couldn't agree with this more: get exact level buy-in. That mm-hmm. that you know others should do. I don't do it, but I expect everybody else to do it. Just that doesn't mm-hmm. work. You you need that. No, good behavior. for me, but not for the yeah. Exactly. Right. Um, that that what I find really interesting for what you're talking about is coaching is shared between sales leadership and and sales enablement. That 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 the two mm-hmm. intertwine and and I love the fact that you talked about it being almost a dance, which I thought was really really great. Mm-hmm. Um, but in order to underpin that, you've talked about you know making sure that you can track it, measure it using data, mm-hmm. that that you've got that that accountability to to delivering it and tracking it is really important. Doing it regularly um, and and making sure that you're accountable to do it regularly and and making it about the person, not about the the deal or the pipeline or the number. I think you know are the five things that I I really took from today's session, and I I think that there is lots others to unpack there that are when I listen back. But um, I, thank you so much for sharing your experience around, you know, utilizing a, a formal coaching framework. Oh well, yeah, and thank you, Kate, for for having me on. I I really enjoy. I, if you can't tell, I I do enjoy geeking out a bit about enablement stuff. <laughs> and so uh, any chance I have to to get together and, and yeah, exactly, and and talk about it with a fellow enthusiast, um, 
I appreciate that. Thank you. No, that's been really great. And um, for everybody listening, thank you so much for joining us uh, on another episode of my biggest sales enablement mistake podcast. Paul, um, how do people get in touch with you? What's the best way so they can follow up if, they, if they've got any questions or want to kind of tap you up? LinkedIn, generally the easiest way. Always happy to respond there um, and, and happy to, yeah, if anyone wants to do some follow up questions and anything you and I've talked about, don't hesitate to reach out. You know, I, I look at this, the Win the Enablement community, we're really all in this together mm-hmm. and um, supporting each other's part of that. So happy to do it. It's a fantastic community to be part of. And thank you very much for everything you do for it. Thank you very much, everybody. Um, farewell for now. And uh, we'll see you next time.